This is November 23rd, 2022, the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, I found myself this morning uh, sympathizing with uh, people, many of us who will be uh, uh, meeting relatives, uh, friends who we're not used to hanging with, uh, especially sitting down at Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow with uh, friends and family and family of friends and friends of family and uh, so forth, and uh, how fraught that can be, how difficult it can be when we're mixing with people uh, we wouldn't ordinarily choose to mix with, but because of our karmic affinity, here we are uh, sitting down. This is, uh, it's just, a, everyone knows this is, this is the kind of a thing that uh, uh, many have written about, many have joked about uh, how to deal with this, this situation. And it is a, a challenging one. It can be for sure. Who can expect when you get together Thanksgiving, uh, either at the, at the table itself or flying in to see people or having people fly in to see us, who can expect that everything will go harmoniously? So um, I thought I might offer uh, some advice for what is worth based on uh, life experience, of course, on uh, what works better than other things are worse than other things. So these people we're seeing uh, over Thanksgiving dinner or before or after uh, may have very different views than we do about any number of things. Politics, of course, partisan politics, um, religion. Oh, diet, that can easily come up over, over dinner, health, uh, books, movies, all kinds of uh, ways that we're going to experience quite a lot of diversity when we sit down with these people. And uh, naturally, uh, there will be people, or almost certainly likely to be people, who uh, we don't see as like-minded. And uh, then in the course of conversation, especially if there's any alcohol served, then things can get interesting. So what I have found is that uh, the worst mistake we can make is to try to persuade others uh, who have different views from ours to persuade them of the reason uh, behind our own, our own views. There, there have been, uh, there's been so much research that concluded that we rarely can change anyone's mind through reason, through argument, through rational persuasion. It doesn't work. They say, 
these social scientists. Uh, it doesn't mean we can't skillfully um, offer a different perspective uh, that might be helpful, um, especially if we hear things that are uh, offensive to us, race, racist remarks or other things. Um, in a way, we could say we, we, it's our obligation to speak up, but then it, how do we do that skillfully? This is really what uh, uh, Zen practice comes down to with other people is uh, skillful means. How do, we, how do we help people skillfully? And remember the thing I've read, we're not, it's not going to be skillful uh, if we argue and try to persuade people um, at length of our point of view, unless, of course, if we can, if we can do so uh, dispassionately, if we're, if we're pretty sure we, we aren't uh, attached to our, our uh, view or opinion, uh, we're not going to dig our heels in. There could be situations, yes, uh, where both parties, uh, the speaker and the listener, can uh, can find some meeting of the minds. So, uh, yeah, it depends on the situation. Um, and then, if we don't seem to be getting anywhere, then we could ask ourselves, what is more important to us being right or having a decent relationship or at least a decent relationship over dinner. Uh, this is such a, such a sensitive thing. Uh, how far do you go in uh, offering a different point of view? Um, but I think it, it requires humility that uh, we're not going to make a lot of headway uh, with most people who see things differently. The best thing we could do is, is to try to find common ground. How do you do that? You do the best you can. One one technique is uh, you can use is uh, deflecting uh, or distracting. I'm reminded of uh, seeing my sisters with their uh, uh, children, a child on their hip, and the child is fussing and whining and crabbing, and uh, seeing them uh, distract them with, "Hey, look at that! Look at that bird out there!" and the and the and the little girl, little boy, stops. And looks. <laughs> okay, these aren't these aren't children uh, we're dealing with in these situations. But still, there is a way to sidestep something when we sense that we're not going to get anywhere. They're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere. Can we artfully change the topic into something we might find common ground in? Uh, Last night, I found myself at some, the house of the condominium of some new friends, uh, 
sort of friends of friends, they invited Angela and me over for uh, some hors d'oeuvres. And um, she was, uh, the hostess was 82 and uh, her boyfriend, love that word, that English word, boyfriend, her boyfriend was 90. And uh, no sooner had we shaken hands than he started in on uh, what he had done, uh, the positions he had reached, his responsible positions in this field or that field. And um, I could see that he wasn't much interested in what either of us have done, uh, but he was happy to keep talking about uh, everything he had done. And uh, so when I got a word in edgewise, uh, I, I keyed off something he had said. He had mentioned something about baseball. And I said, uh, so, uh, Bob, were you, uh, did you play sports? And, um, and then that led to something else. And then that's something else. And, uh, I was able to get him out of, uh, this rot of just talking about himself as a general proposition, you can't go wrong with asking questions. I mean, not, not intrusive questions, not probing questions in these situations, these light social situations. Uh, but instead of talking about oneself, which is what most people do in my experience, not in the Sangha, but outside the Sangha, people love to hold forth. Men love to mansplain. Uh, people love to talk about themselves, their children, of course. Um, and uh, how much better it can be and bringing people together when we remember to ask questions. It shouldn't be unnatural. Uh, with people we hardly know, uh, naturally, we're, we're, we, it's natural to ask questions. You don't have to ask uh, what their occupation is. That can be a little bit uh, inappropriate in some circumstances, but you can uh, ask other things. Where do you live exactly? Um, how long have you been here? Questions. Men, listen. Because it's mostly men who have a trouble asking questions. Ask questions. And then roll with it. See how, what comes of that. That's my experience. It comes from a lot of failures in these social situations. To, to, and then listen, listen when they're, when they're speaking, when they're answering the questions or anytime. This is half of, half of uh, human social fulfillment is listening. The more we can listen, the more receptive we'll be the more receptive they will be, the speaker, if they can see. And people can see, they can sense when we're listening. The more open and receptive they'll be. Uh, and then also, the more genuinely we are listening, more attentively we're listening, this will beget uh, other questions we can ask, ask the person. Okay, then what about questions about Zen, about Buddhism. Well, 
here's another area where there's so ways we can go wrong. Uh, not wrong. That's mean where we may not uh, play it very well. My own experience is that if, if someone asks you a question about Zen, uh, answer very briefly. Just, uh, I found myself uh, in another social situation recently where uh, I mentioned that I was considering putting together a book down here in Florida. And um, the man said, uh, well, what, what would the book be about? And to my surprise, I said, about how to live and how to die. I've never said that before. Um, and, uh, well, we just went from there. Um, but, uh, the first thing, as Roshi Kaplow always used to say, is to try to discern where the question is coming from. It's a very, if it's a very superficial question, um, person is, uh, looking over your shoulder and, looking here and looking there and just trying to keep some conversation going, then all the more reason to be very brief. Um, but in some unusual cases, person may, you may sense that their person is truly interested. And uh, if so, then in response to your brief reply, they'll ask another question. And then, okay, now we have something going. Now you can, you can uh, build on what you said a little bit and, uh, and see where that goes. Maybe I have more experience at this uh, because I'm an ordained priest and uh, people soon enough figure out or they're told what I do for a living. So maybe I get more of these kinds of questions than uh, most of you might uh, but uh, my own rule of thumb is to play hard to get. Have have them be be very reserved in talking about it, uh, because in most cases um, there isn't much interest. And after all, uh, there are so many other interesting things. We don't have to talk about religion or plus one's own, much less one's own religion that can be, that itself can be um, very fraught. Um, and then, and then going back to any kind of uh, uh, tension or disagreement that may come up, different views, politics or anything else, uh, it can be good to develop some practice at humor. Find a way without being snide or anything like that, but find a way to uh, come up with something that might be funny. If someone asked me, asked me a question about Zen at a Thanksgiving table, I would be especially brief about it. And then later, see if the person, or maybe you might, might or might not want to say, well, you know, maybe we can, I could say a few more things later. I don't want to hog the conversation at the table. 
um, and then maybe see if the person comes back. But, um, but really, um, our answers to questions about Zen or Buddhism is way less important than what we are presenting in the way of attentiveness, in the way of responsiveness, in the way of interest, and in, in, in how present we are, that goes much further than the way we answer questions in words. We want to be, we want to be, we want to demonstrate whatever we've come to embody about the Dharma. We want to uh, have them see uh, our, our understanding of Zen, uh, such as it may be. Um, even uh, after dinner, uh, helping out with cleanup. Um, and here I found that uh, rather than going in helplessly into the kitchen and saying to the host, uh, uh, what, what might I do to help? It's better if you can just look, look and see what needs to be done and just roll up your sleeves and start doing it. And then if he or she, the host, uh, would rather have you do something else, uh, then she'll tell you. It has to be, of course, a sincere offer, uh, a sincere effort to step forward and, and help the person. And, and, you know, the host might very well mean it when he says, no, 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 please, please, you're, you're our guest. We'll, we can do this later. There's no rush on this. Please join with the others or whatever. But uh, it's another demonstration of, uh, of, our willingness to help, uh, to be there, to respond to uh, what, what needs to be done. Finally, I would just say to try to remember that everyone wants connection. Whether they even know it or not, we all want connection with others. That's, that's the basic premise. That's what, what uh, makes this doable is that we're all coming from the same place. We don't want to be fighting. We don't want to be uh, alone, isolated. We want to find ways of connecting. There is a, uh, there's a, uh, some words of wisdom that I've never forgotten. I saw it somewhere. I think it was at a hotel somewhere. Uh, it was ascribed to, uh, uh, I, don't ma- I don't remember, uh, doesn't, uh, Calvin Coolidge, I think. It doesn't matter because I looked it up and found that it was uh, the, the most likely uh, attribution was to some 19th century Scottish clergyman. But in any case, it doesn't matter really, because I think, I hope uh, that everyone can appreciate the wisdom behind this. And this, here's what the, the words were. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. 
Well, thanks for listening and good luck.